How's everybody doing? You guys doing all right? Did you have a good week? Okay, good. Three people had a good week. The other 300 just had an average week. I've been there. I understand. So, but I am glad that uh, the, the three of you did have a great week. Um, for, I see a lot of visitors and people that don't know uh, our story. Uh, for a number of years, Josie and I lived in the nation of Israel um, from 2000 to just about 2005. Uh, we were living in Israel. And at that time, there was an intifada going on where there was a lot of tension uh, between Palestinians and um, the Israelis. And um, like nowadays, they're lobbing rockets into Israel. In fact, on Friday, 36 uh, rockets were launched from Gaza into uh, Israel. Um, 35 of them just fell in open fields. They, they're not guided rockets. They're just basically lobbing, you know, big Molotov cocktails over the border. Um, but um, uh, but when, we, when we lived there, the main problem was um, the issue of sniper attacks on innocent civilians driving in certain parts of the country. So we live in the north of Israel, but you often had to go to Jerusalem uh, for a wide variety of things. I mean, almost once a week, we would drive down uh, south to um, to Jerusalem. And the, the fastest way to do that in, in Israel is to cut through the Jordan Valley, uh, which goes through uh, what you've heard on the news is the West Bank, which there's a lot of tension in the West Bank, but the Israeli army patrols the road that goes up and down. So what would happen back then is snipers would set themselves up in the hills, the mountains along next to that road, and um, kill people that are driving by. We were very aware of it, but we would always pray before we decided to take that road because there was a much longer route. You could cut over to the Mediterranean and go down by Tel Aviv and then cut back over, but it adds like, it, it adds like an hour, hour and 15 minutes to a, a two-hour trip. So, um, so we, we, we'd like to take the shortcut through the Jordan Valley that would come down by Jericho and then cut back up. Some of you guys think I'm just making up the names of these cities. This is actually like a real place and I'd love to take you there one day um, if you know, they would ever allow tourists to come back. But anyway, we would always pray before going down that road just in case we didn't feel like it was safe or peaceful. So we had taken the road dozens of times, but then all of a sudden we turned onto the road and we hadn't prayed yet. And just before, we, we had just gone through the Israeli military checkpoint and Josie goes, oh, we forgot to pray. So we're like, dear Lord, we just pray. And basically we're just saying, Lord, bless the road that we're on that we've already made the decision to drive down and gone through the military checkpoint. Just bless us, Lord. Um, but just in case you want us to turn around, Lord, and it was as if Balaam's donkey was standing in the road. It was as if there was an angel standing the road with a flaming sword. And if you don't know either one of those references, you need to read your Bible more. But my point is, um, we came to a screeching halt and looked at each other and we're like, we need to take the other way. So we literally turned back around, went back through the military checkpoint, went back up and then cut all the way over to the Mediterranean and then cut back down. I mean, we added almost two hours to our drive, but we got safely to Jerusalem that day. Unfortunately, that night we watched the news and there was a, an attack on a car very similar to ours, and the wife died. She was shot and killed. And I'm very sorry for that family, but I am very grateful that we have a God who is alive and real, and that we stopped and we felt a, a, a nauseous check in our heart that day. Here's my point. We live our lives, we get up, we brush our teeth, we eat our breakfast, we take the kids to school, we go to school, we go to work, we do what we do, but we don't realize there's so much more going on than just our natural life. 
more than you can see with your eyes, more than you can understand with your intellect and with your smart brains, there's so much more going on, which is why God gives us the gift of discernment to see or to feel what God is doing and what God is saying, where he is leading us. The Spirit of God will lead us into his will, but unfortunately, so few Christians operate in the gift of discernment and we really don't know what's going on in life and we feel helpless and alone in life and we're just making decisions willy-nilly just hoping we make the right call. I'm telling you, you can make decisions with confidence if you'd learn to operate in the gift of discernment. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. So here's the thing. You'll often like, you'll hear super spiritual people be like, well, I just felt the presence of the Lord in worship today. And you're like, Really? Okay, I, I just felt like it was kind of humid in here today. <laughs> I just felt like the Lord just wanted me to go to the Kroger instead of the Albertsons. Really? Because they got 99 cent fresh hot French bread at Albertsons, but okay, we'll go to Kroger. Like the Lord said, <laughs> right? Don't people sound nuts when they say stuff like that? Oh, there's just something about that person that just doesn't feel right in my spirit. No, you're just a judgmental, rude person that doesn't like them. Or maybe you're operating in the gift of discernment. And there is something off about that person that's not a good relationship for you. Or, oh, there's something about that person. There's an anointing on that person's life. Man, I, God's gonna do great things through their life. Well, what exactly is discernment? The, the, the secular dictionary, I love the definition of discernment. The ability to perceive and or comprehend the obscure or the unseen. That's the secular definition. I'm like, that sounds like the supernatural definition. Because my supernatural definition of discernment is the ability to perceive, comprehend, see, hear, and or feel spiritual things in an unseen realm. That's discernment. That you're not guessing. You know which kingdom is at work. Is this something that God is at work or at something that the devil is at work? But let me tell you what discernment is not. It's not your gut feeling. It, Holy Spirit discernment doesn't originate from your natural intellect. It's not your street smarts. It's your Holy Ghost smarts. The, the, the gift of discernment is, should be operational in the life of every believer. It is not a superpower. If you believe that Jesus is Lord, you've repented of your sins, you've asked him to be the king of your heart, you have the gift of discernment available to you on the inside of you. It'll always be a sign that is pointing you to the will of God. It's a sign so you don't have to wonder. See, discernment is a gift that will help us to know what's happening in this unseen world. Is what's happening right now something that God is doing or something the devil is doing? And I need you to learn the difference between the holy and the unholy. Ezekiel 44 said, they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the unholy and cause them to discern between the clean and the unclean. So my job is to help teach you and equip you, not to tell you what's holy and unholy, but to tell you and teach you how to operate in the gift of discernment so you will know as new things come at you. I, I can't teach you every single thing that is God or isn't God, but what I can teach you is how to operate in the gift of discernment so that you will begin to learn and, 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 and your faith will grow as you trust the gift of discernment in your life. See, when you watch the news, and when you see the changes that we have to the morality of our culture today, as a discerning believer, I want you to be able to tell if it's something that God is doing or the devil is doing. Because when I watch the news lately, especially, I am shocked every time I watch the news because what used to be unholy is now somehow holy in society. And what has been holy for 6,000 years in the eyes of the world is now seen as hateful and unholy, which 
Peter warned about, 2 Peter chapter 3, most importantly, I want to tell you and remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth, and they're going to follow their own desires. So unbelievers make fun of us for believing in God, for believing in the Bible, for believing in heaven and hell and angels and demons. We're made fun of, we're mocked for believing the the ancient Judeo-Christian truth of the word of God. We're made to look like fools every Saturday night on Saturday Night Live because we believe in God. We're made to look like fools for for believing that there is sin that separates us from God and that there is an absolute moral truth that is far above human understanding, that there, there is holiness, there is sin that separates us from God. So now, more than ever, Christians need to learn how to use the gift of the Holy Spirit and to discern if God is leading them in something or not. So my prayer for my life, for my wife, for my kids, for my church, is God, make me a discerning person. What pleases you? What makes you smile, God? What do you not like? What, ma- what do you hate, Lord? What is holy? What is unholy? Teach us to be a discerning People, we need the gift of discernment because there's lions roaring in the jungle. And because I want you to understand the difference between the lion of the tribe of Judah and a lion that's just going around roaring. See, Peter warned us this way in in, uh, 1 Peter 5, 8. He said, stay alert on common church. Watch out because the great enemy, the devil, he's prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to to devour. Isn't it interesting that the devil is also referred to as a lion, but in Revelation 5, 5, John said that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. So we need the gift of discernment so that when we hear a lion roaring, do we need to bow down and worship or grab our sword and fight? Yeah. Like, here, here's the problem. When you, when you live your life outside of spiritual discernment, it's a slippery slope when you live your life without any kind of spiritual discernment. You're going to see it in Adam and Eve's life, but here's the steps of how this breaks down. Number one, without discernment, we end up being deceived. And then when we live in deception, we will end up being disobedient to God. And then number three, when we're disobedient to God, it always will lead to our destruction. So Adam and Eve is the example. Adam and Eve did not discern that it was the devil who was tempting them that day. So their lack of discernment allowed them to be deceived. When they were deceived, they were led to disobey God. And then that disobedience destroyed the relationship that man had with God. And our destruction always ends in our death. So in order for us to save our lives and to save the life of the church, we need to learn to discern which kingdom is speaking to us. Is it God speaking to us and leading us? Or is it something, some lie or deception of the enemy? Because for Adam and Eve, everything started with just a little bit of doubt. And the deception will follow that doubt. And that's why there was the devil who tempted Eve and said, hey, did God really say that you shouldn't eat of the fruit of that tree? I mean, did God really say you should do this or that? And that's where you often will find yourself being deceived is in simply questioning the word of the Lord over your life, which is why operating in the gift of discernment takes faith. Right now, you're trusting that the seat you're sitting in isn't going to collapse and you're going to have to go to the chiropractor tomorrow morning. You're trusting that the engineers that designed this building in 1984 played a good foundation and that these pillars aren't going to fall over. If you didn't have faith in this building, you wouldn't be sitting in it if there was a chance that it was going to collapse on you. See, we have faith that our brakes are going to work. We have faith that the plumbing is going to work. We put faith in a lot of things. We need to learn to put our faith in the Lord. 
and, and develop the gift of discernment that it is the Lord who is speaking us. It is that ability to be led by the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul put it this way when talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about some things. Too many Christians live their life without discerning what is happening. The person with the Spirit makes judgment about all things. And such a person is not subject to merely human judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we that are believers, we have the mind of Christ. Spiritual discernment is not merely human judgment or reasoning. Spiritual discernment is not our gut feeling. Spiritual discernment is having the mind of Christ. And it is the Lord who instructs us and he leads us in certain paths. And he leads us away from other paths. So here's the question that most people ask me. Well, how do I know if God is speaking to me? Well, number one is this. God's leading will always sound like God. Well, how do I know what God sounds like? Read a book. It's got 66 uh, books in it. It goes from a book called Genesis all the way to Revelation. And it will reveal the very character and nature of God. So when you feel God is leading you to do something, does it sound like God? Because it sounds like what something God would have said. Number two, how do I know God's speaking to me? Does it come with peace in your heart or with pressure and anxiety and stress? Because the Lord will always lead you in peace. We're going to talk about this more in a minute, but I remind you that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So he will always lead you by his peace. He's not going to lead you with anxiety. He's not going to lead you with fear. He's not going to lead you with pressure. He's not going to lead you with striving. Number three, how do I know if God's speaking to me? Does what is being, you're feeling, does it bear witness with your heart? It's like, well, um, I think that you should um, play quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in, in August. Um, okay, I'm 46. I'm overweight. I'm out of shape. Oh yeah, and I've never thrown a football once in my life, and they happen to have a pretty good one down there. It just doesn't bear wit. That, that seems bananas to me. Now sometimes the Lord, just leave that point up for a second. Sometimes the Lord will ask you to do bananas things. Like, I feel like you should go to an unreached people group in Nepal. Well, that's, I, I could do that. Because I have a gift on the inside of me that everybody needs to hear. I have a light and a truth that needs to be spread to the darkness all around the world. And I live near an airport with airplanes and I'm, you know, alive. So that's reasonable. Some things that you'll, you'll hear God leading you to do are totally unreasonable. But every once in a while you hear something that's totally unreasonable and you're like, yeah, I can do that. Number four, how do I know if God's speaking to me? Is it something that is comforting, convicting, or confirming. And just leave that one up for a second, guys, because I told you earlier, does it sound like something that God would say to you? These are the three ways that God speaks to people. He will speak things that will comfort us, but not always. Sometimes he will speak things, that he, things to us that are convicting. And he, it's a light shining in the darkness, and we're like, oh yeah, you probably stop. I shouldn't be getting high anymore. I shouldn't be getting drunk anymore. I shouldn't be lying anymore. I shouldn't be getting angry anymore. I shouldn't be looking at porn anymore. I shouldn't be sleeping with somebody I'm not married to anymore. I shouldn't be, and it's just the Holy Spirit shining a light, convicting you of your sin. Now let me also say this, a side note. He will never condemn you of your sin. Jesus has already been condemned for your sin. 
So what he will do is convict you and say, come on, you can do better. Jesus took your sin to the cross so that we wouldn't have to live with that sin anymore. So sometimes it's gonna be comforting, sometimes it's gonna be convicting, and then sometimes it's gonna be confirming. When the word of the Lord comes, it confirms something that's already been spoken over your life before. So you felt this, maybe you even wrote down in a journal, and then like two or three days later, somebody at church is like, hey, I just had a thought for you. Did you ever consider X, Y, Z? And you're like, whoo, that's interesting because just two days ago I wrote in my journal. So then you write that down. And then a week later, the Lord's like, hey, I've already told you two times. How come you're still here and not doing that thing I asked you to do? Because he's confirming what's already been spoken. When the Lord speaks, he'll often do it in those three ways. Number five, how do I know God's speaking to me? If you're not sure and you ask a mature believer, a friend who is further down the Holy Ghost road than you, hey, here's something I feel God's wanting me to do or think or say. Does this bear witness with you? Would you confirm this? Well, um, you're talking about marrying somebody and you're already married. So um, no, that, uh, that actually doesn't sound right to me. No, 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 no. Well, I was thinking about as an outreach, I was gonna be a bartender at a strip club. Okay, okay, well, um, probably not. No, no, and I don't think that's wisdom for you. So if, this, if these things are new to you, ask somebody else who's a little bit further down the road for you. Oh, I, just wanna, I, I just wanna reach out to people. Yeah, you can reach out. There's, there's just certain ways the Lord's gonna ask a mature believer to bear witness with you. Here's the final thing. How do I know God's speaking to me? Number six, does it bring glory to God? If you do the thing that you're feeling led to do, will it make Jesus famous? Or w- will it not make Jesus famous? Because the, the Holy Spirit, who is the gift of discernment, will always be wanting to make Jesus famous. He's always gonna be wanting to point things to Jesus. So if you do the thing that you feel God's asking you to do, will it make Jesus famous? Paul goes on to teach the church in Rome how to be led by the Holy Spirit in discernment. Romans 8, I'm gonna read a couple of verses. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters at Uncommon Church, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. But if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And I want you to leave that verse up for a few seconds, guys. We can be led by the Holy Spirit. We can discern what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Why? Because we're God's kids. I love my children, and all of them now are in the seasons of their life as they're older where they're making major life decisions. My son's getting married. He's buying a house. He's starting a new career, and my daughter's going off to school. My other daughter's taking another career with a a, a ministry, and Josie and I are at a place where we love our children, so without manipulating or controlling or making decisions for them, we are taking them to the edge of the nest and kicking them out, right? Right? but we're putting them over an area that they're gonna do just well in. They're gonna learn to fly because we've prepared where they're going. You know what I'm saying? They can trust the mother and the father because they can, we're, we're helping them make decisions, but we're also kicking them out on their own because we've prepared these safe areas for them to learn how to fly. You are a child of God. You can trust that he will take you to the edge of, you know, whatever, and then kick you out over something that's amazing and safe for you to fly into because you're God's kid and he loves you. So how do we develop the gift of spiritual discernment? Practice. Just start. Practice makes perfect. 
Practice makes permanent. Invite the Holy Spirit into your decision-making process. I remember Josie and I were engaged and um, her parents, uh, we were working with this church in Chicago and her parents had a finished uh, basement, like an apartment downstairs. And I was in between houses, <laughs> which means I was broke. And um, I was uh, living in their apartment, in their basement. Um, so uh, every couple of days, the family would meet together. We'd pray together in the living room. Her dad would break out an old 12 string guitar from the seventies and sing Jesus people songs. And it was amazing. But it was like May and um, in end of June, we were gonna take a little family vacation and I was gonna get to go along. And um, her dad said, hey, we've got um, three options for family vacation. I just thought we should pray about which one to go. And the other members of Josie's family were like, yes, this makes perfect sense. For me, I was like, you're gonna pray about where to take vacation? Okay, I mean, I knew you guys were kind of loony spiritually, <laughs> but this is nuts. And we prayed, and I'm not gonna, we, should we go to Wisconsin Dells? Because, you know, we lived in Chicago, Wisconsin Dells, a great, beautiful place, right? And in my heart, I'm like, like yucky, nauseous, over like the Disney world of Wisconsin. And I'm like, no. Should we go to Virginia Beach? No, because it's like, you know, a two-day drive. And I basically am from there, and it's not that amazing. But when we prayed about it, I'm like, I felt excited, I felt peaceful, I felt joyful. I was chomping at the bit to drive for two hours to Virginia Beach. Why? Because God had a divine appointment for us in Virginia Beach. Invite the Lord into your decision-making process. Why is this so important? Because we need to soften our hearts to the Lord, not harden them. It makes me nuts when people take jobs, get married, name their kids, move across the country, and they've never prayed it through until they have a word from the Lord. We're hardening our hearts to the things of God. We need to instead soften our hearts to the things of the Lord so that we don't miss him when he's leading us. We need to go back to Ezekiel. We need to learn the difference between the holy and the unholy. We need to discern what God is doing in our life. And it, when, we, when we just go barreling through our lives, we, we callous our hearts to the word of the Lord. He's speaking, we're not listening, so our hearts get harder and harder and harder. Let me give you another example. Years before we moved to DFW, we were working with another ministry and we were gonna host a big conference. And there was a mildly well-known pastor at that time, this would have been 03 or 04, um, that we had all, were really excited about inviting to be like the keynote speaker at the conference. Um, but because I was working with Josie's parents at that time, they were like, whoa, 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 we should pray because we don't wanna just invite somebody if it's not God's will. We were just assuming it was God's will because this guy was such a great you know, preacher. So we get together with our team and we start to pray and immediately I was like nauseous, like I knew that I, I even interrupted the prayer. I'm like, no, we can't invite him. We can't invite the great preaching, well-respected guy because something's wrong. And we were like, okay, we won't invite him. We invited somebody else. It was a great conference. About a month later, it comes out that that guy was not only having an affair with the church secretary, but they were stealing money. Kicked out of the church, the, whole, the thing dissolved, the church dissolved. And as far as I know, I haven't heard that name in 20 years. He's not in ministry anymore, not even like a believer anymore. Now more than ever, we have to learn to be led by the Prince of Peace. And when I prayed about that, I had no peace. Discernment is learning to have the mind of Christ 
to think God's thoughts, to discern his will, and then to be led by the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be led by his peace, or what I had that day was a check in my spirit, like a yucky, I had no peace in my spirit. So we followed peace. We followed the Prince of Peace. We followed the mind of Christ. Now, let me also say this for the people in the back and those that are watching online. Discernment does not make you a super Christian. It simply makes you a normal, healthy Christian. Every single believer should be operating in the gift of discernment because we're in a spiritual battle against the forces of heaven and hell. We're not in a a natural physical battle, so we should not use our natural physical intellect to make all the decisions in our life. We need the discernment of the Holy Spirit. There's another example. Josie and I travel a lot, or we used to, and um, uh, we would do missions all around the world. We've been to 45, 46 countries all around the world. I've seen witchcraft often tied to certain physical objects, trinkets, even tourist items. And I can be walking through a tourist market in in almost any country in the world, and in some little shops you feel, oh, this is nice, this is cute, this is a little handmade doodah from their country. But sometimes it's like, ooh, yeah, no, 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 no. Little dream catchers, little Mayan and Inca, little you know, idol figures over in Asia, little, little things carved out of jade, which are used for the occult. They're used for the demonic. They're not used for the things of God. So even though it's a little physical item, a tourist trinket in my gut, I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not putting that in my suitcase and bringing it back into my house. See, discernment will teach you what is something that is working towards the kingdom of God or the kingdom of of the devil. But I remind you that the Apostle Paul said it is a gift. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul said it is a, a supernatural gift. And some people will go, well, listen, I guess I just don't have the gift of discernment. So that's why I can't feel God's will. Listen, every single believer has access to the gift of discernment. Now, some people might actually operate in the gift of discernment. Usually prophetic people have very strong discerning gifts. But like all of the gifts of the Spirit, if you have the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of you, although you might not have the gift of faith or healing or tongues or whatever, it is accessible to you. Some people will operate in that gift almost exclusively and others won't, but you do have access to the gift of faith. You do have access to the gift of healing. You do have access to the gift of tongues. You do have access because the Holy Spirit's living on the inside of you. And you're in a situation where you're like, Holy Ghost, I need the gift of whatever. He's like, nope, my bad, you can't have it. No, he wants to share it with you so you can operate in the gifts of the Spirit wherever you go. It might not be your main gifting, but it is a gifting living on the inside of you. We just need to fan that flame and use the gift of discernment to understand what the Spirit of God is saying so we understand the will of God for our life. You need discernment to know who to marry. You need discernment to know which job you should take. You need discernment to name your baby. Stop naming your kids weird crap without asking God what he wants to name them. I'm not saying he won't lead you to be some weird millennial name. I'm simply saying ask the Holy Spirit what you're supposed to name your kid. Don't just buy a car because it's a good deal. What if the engine's going to fall out tomorrow? Ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, we've got the Honda, we've got the Toyota. And he's like, buy the Mazda. And you're like, what? (laughs) Be led by the Spirit. That's why he's given you that. But here's the thing. God doesn't just want to be involved in the big decision. Should we buy this house or that house? Sometimes the Lord wants to go McDonald's or Burger King. 
and he'll always say Chick-fil-A. Because, you know, <laughs> come on, Holy Ghost. You're like, listen, the Lord doesn't care where I go to lunch. Maybe he does. Maybe he wants you to pray for somebody sitting next to you. Maybe he wants you to be a financial blessing to your server. Philippians chapter four, Paul put it this way to the church in Philippi. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about the important big things in life. Don't worry about anything. Instead, oh snap, look at the Bible. Pray about everything. Be super spiritual because you've got a pretty super Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Tell God what you need and then thank him for what he's done. And then, and only then will you experience the peace of God, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Well, I just haven't been feeling much peace in my life lately. Yeah, because you've not been following the voice of the Prince of Peace. But boy, aren't you smart. That's why you have no peace in your life. It's because you haven't been praying about anything. He says, pray, then you'll experience his peace. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead your life. Oh, I don't want to use God as a crutch. I want to use him as a wheelchair. I I want all the God I can handle in my life. The big things and the small things, it'll help to teach you discernment. You'll learn to operate more. God, here's the deal. We're not alone in this world. He said, listen, I'm going to return to the Father. Then I'm going to send you my Holy Spirit. You'll never be alone. I'll never leave you or forsake you. And the Holy Spirit is looking for people to partner with him in the work of the kingdom in this world. In the work of the kingdom in your world, in your Kroger, in your workplace, in your school. God wants to partner with you to advance the kingdom of God in your sphere of influence. So we need to be aware that there's more going on when we show up for work or the grocery store or the dog park or whatever we do, even on vacation. There's two kingdoms that are always at work against each other. You happen to be serving the winning team. Let me talk to parents a little bit. Parents, you've got to teach your children how to be led by the gift of discernment. We teach them everything. We teach them to walk. We teach them to talk. We teach them to brush their teeth. We teach them to tie their shoe. We should be teaching our kids how to hear the voice of the Lord. And I'll be honest, kids hear through discernment the voice of God so much easier than adults do because they're not, their minds are not filled with unbelief and with fear and with doubt and all the, the sin and stuff, the disappointments and the pain that we've walked through. So teach your children how to hear the voice of the Lord. They can... Have you ever heard an expression, you know, in the Bible called having faith like a child? I remember there's this great story. Um, we, our first baby was Joy. And when we were pregnant, we prayed for that baby and we asked the Lord to give us her name. And Josie and I were praying and praying and praying. And we 100% like we should name her Joy. We wrote it down. We began to pray over it, had scriptures over it. We knew that her name was to be Joy. And then our second baby, we were pregnant with a little boy and we named him Caleb and we were pulling out all the scriptures on, on, on Joshua and Caleb and, and we were excited. I mean, for months and months and months, we were declaring that his name was Caleb and one time we were in the car. Joy was two and a half years old, sitting in her little booster car seat thing and um, we mentioned something about baby Caleb coming soon. And she said, no, his name is Joshua. And we're, we're, you know, we're in our late 20s. We're so smart because everybody in their 20s is super smart. So it's what I hear. I have a whole staff full of them. I cracked myself up a little bit. And we correct Joy. And we're like, no, honey, we've named him Caleb. When baby comes next week, his name is going to be 
Caleb? And she said, no, you guys should ask Jesus because his name is Joshua from the mouth of babes. So we looked at each other and we're like, oh my gosh, we never prayed. We just felt Caleb and we ran with it. So we got to wherever we were going and we stopped and we prayed. And without a shadow of a doubt, we named him Joshua because we had a word of the Lord that came through a two and a half year old little girl that knew how to discern what the Lord was saying. <laughs> Parents, the devil is screaming at your children right now. Teach your kids to hear the word of the Lord and that their faith would be in that. We need to have kingdom-minded parents that are teaching their children to be kingdom-minded. Because if we would learn to align our lives with the Spirit of God, then we can expect to live out the will of God in our life. So many people are like, well, I just don't know what God's will is for my life. Learn to discern what God is saying to you. Because too often we treat God like he's some sort of cosmic being out in space, separated and completely disconnected from everyday living. Listen, he is an ever-present God. He wants to be intimately and wonderfully interwoven into every aspect of your life. Discernment is simply inviting the Holy Spirit to speak into every area of my life, which means that everything we do is kingdom business. Everything we do is supernatural. See, often we look at most of what we do is just kind of carnal, worldly, secular, but the Lord is like, no, if I'm gonna put my spirit on the inside of you, everything you do is supernatural because you're always a child of the Most High God. And royalty is always royalty 24-7. So everything royalty does is royal. So every, every little thing you do is a reflection of the kingdom of God. Therefore, it matters. It has significance in your life. And so many times people push up against me and they go, oh, 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 no. Listen here, preacher. You're just teaching people to be super spiritual. Yeah. The Lord... He doesn't care which shop I get my oil changed at. Okay, maybe he doesn't. But maybe there's a mechanic who changes oil who is going through a terrible divorce and his kids are getting taken away and he's at the bottom of the barrel and the bottom of the bottle and he goes to work that day and said, God, if you don't speak to me today, I'm gonna do something drastic tonight. And God leads you to a certain oil change shop and while the guy's changing your oil, just say, hey man, I just feel like the Lord wanted me to encourage you. Say, God sees you and he loves you and he's gonna help you through this difficult time. Tears streaming down his face. See, you never know whether it's a big decision or a little insignificant decision. We need to recognize that we are the hands and feet of Jesus everywhere we go. So we should ask what the head wants us to do. Why do you think Jesus went out of his way to go to the well in Samaria to a woman who was not holy? Because... He was having the mind of, you know, himself. So sometimes we'll go out of our way and do insignificant things just to love on people. We need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit for the gift of discernment. Speak to our heart about the big things and the small things. And again, practice makes perfect. But let me also warn you, don't get super spiritual. You just told us to get super spiritual. I know, and sometimes Proverbs, you know, does that. If that didn't make sense to you, you need to read the book of Proverbs a few more times. <laughs> Don't get so super spiritual where there's not a demon under every rock and tree. But I am going to warn you, there are demons that are against you and against the kingdom of God working on the inside of you and in your family right now. God wants to show you what's in the dark so that you won't stay in the dark.
or bump your toe in the dark. And so many Christians are living in the dark spiritually. God is light, so follow his light, follow his joy, follow his peace. And when you pray, sometimes you gotta, you know, shut up and listen. And just be in a moment of worship, be in a moment of prayer, be in a moment of silence, and tune your ear to listen to the word of the Lord. If it's peaceful and exciting and sounds like God, trust it, move out. Well, it just sounds really difficult to me. It's not meant to be. He's not trying to hide things from you. If my kids are in danger, I'm gonna say something. See, our fears will often make this so much harder than it needs to be. The more we practice understanding the word of the Lord and the gift of discernment by faith, it gets easier and easier and easier. So discerning the voice of the Lord will get easier if you'll abide in the spirit. Stay connected to the Lord 24-7. I said it last week, but it bears repeating. There should not be a church version of you and a work version of you. There should not be things that you would watch on your TV screen at church and that you'd watch on your TV screen or your phone screen at home. There should not be language that you use in church that you wouldn't use at home or in front of your kids or in front of your boss. You're a child of God. You're kingdom royalty all day, everywhere, no matter what you go. So you need to learn to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So often we just bash our way through life, traffic, work, school, shopping. There's an old Bill Johnson illustration that I love. I've heard it before, but it, it, it also bears repeating. He said, if I was going to the grocery store and right as I'm going in the grocery store, a beautiful white dove just very quietly comes and rests on my shoulder. And I wanted to keep that dove on my shoulder as I went around the grocery store because that's what sane people do. Just have wild birds on their shoulder when they're going through food stores. My point is this. If I wanted to keep the dove on my shoulder while going through the grocery store, how would I walk around? Slowly, carefully, constantly focusing on the dove. Not hurrying to the milk, not running to the bread aisle, not trying to just run home and get home. See, so often we miss an encounter with the Holy Spirit because we're not focusing on him. And we're just bashing our way through life. Well, preacher, listen, I hear your little thing on super spiritual, kind of Pentecostal, you know, hearing discernment, spirit stuff. That's not how I roll. My preacher taught me I'm going to use open door, closed door. I have an open door, so it must be God that opened it. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Because the devil knows how to open doors. He's like, come this way. Here's the wide open path. Super easy. Lots of blessing and money and fame. And you're like, oh, it's an open door. And Jesus is over here like, here's a very narrow door. And it's hard to get in and out. And there's actually a rocky road. And it's gonna, you might struggle sometimes. But there's eternal life on the other side of it. And you're like, well, that doesn't look like an open door. Listen, there's more to hearing from God than open door, closed door. Discernment will come in three ways. Number one, a sense of peace or a sense of warning. Number two, a word of knowledge. And number three, a prophetic picture or a prophetic dream. You need to be learned. You need to be learned. <laughs> like I was in a USC fight last night. You need to be learned. <laughs> 14 potato. It was a fight last night on UFC. I didn't watch it because I went to bed. I, but my point is their brains are jello. You need to be led. Learn to be led. Oh my gosh. Can I just land this plane? 
It's like I just have to keep saying all the stuff on my teleprompter. Hop up on your feet because I'm done. Is there anything else on the teleprompter I need to say? Just keep scrolling. And if I see something that I wrote that was amazing, I'll say it. Stop right there. That's a good one. Here's what I don't want. As you're discerning the will of God for your life, it's not a tightrope that if you fall off, you're going to die and go to hell. See, so many Christians live in fear because they're like, do, 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 do. I need to know who I'm supposed to marry, what job I'm supposed to have, church I'm supposed to go to, where I should eat lunch. And if I get it wrong, I'm, I should be shamed and I should be beaten up and I should go to hell. Listen, I love my kids. And if they're making decisions that don't like matter, I don't care what they decide. And even if they make a wrong decision, I can just be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Here we go, over here. See, think of the will of God as a GPS. Yes, there's a plan, but if you miss it and you miss the exit, he's just gonna go rerouting, next exit, turn around and make a right. God's not mad at you if you step out in faith and discernment and you miss something. You see what I'm saying? It's not a tightrope. It's a dance, it's a journey. It's meant to be fun. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. I want us to know his voice. I, 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 don't, I don't want to live life and not hear the voice of the shepherd. And I don't know how to teach you how to discern between the holy and the unholy. But I'm telling you that there's things in our culture today that are unholy. And it's okay if you say so. Just do it with humility and love. and it, Make Jesus famous. My sheep know my voice. I know them, they're gonna follow me. If you've never heard the voice of the shepherd, maybe you've just never been introduced to him. I'd like to introduce you to the good shepherd today. Or maybe you were once a sheep, you used to walk with the Lord, but it's been a minute. You've, you, you've walked away, your heart's gotten cold and hardened. You're like, I don't hear the voice of the shepherd. It's because you've run so far. But I have good news for you. Jesus himself said that he'll leave the 99 sheep and he'll come running after you. So stop running and turn around. Jesus is right there with his arms stretched out wide saying, I love you. Come on home. So today is your day to get right with God, whether it's the first time or the first time in a long time. Today is your day to repent of your sin, to surrender your life to Jesus, to ask him to forgive you and wash you and cleanse you, and then to renew your mind that you can begin to walk out the will of God for your life, that you would discern the voice of the shepherd and that you would discern which kingdom is at work in your life, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for our church family and I thank you that you are gonna teach us the gift of discernment. Here we are, Lord. We're asking for the gift of discernment. Tune our ears to the radio frequency of the mind of Christ, that we would think like royalty and then we would be led by your Holy Spirit, and then we would learn to trust your peace or your, your warning, you know, that, that check that we get in our spirit, that we would learn to trust the, the words of knowledge or the prophetic pictures that we have, that we would learn, Lord, to trust you as we follow your will. Forgive us, Lord, for just bashing through life, not focusing on the dove. Forgive us, Lord, for not asking you to speak into our big and small decisions. Help us, Lord, to operate in the gift of discernment. You agree with that? Say amen. 
With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me talk to those that are here this morning or they're watching online and you're not right with God. You don't hear the voice of the shepherd because there's sin in your life that's created a wall that's separating you from God or you're a sheep that has run so far from God, you no longer hear his voice. Today is your day to turn around, stop running and let the shepherd pick you up in his arms of love and bring you back to the flock. So whether it's the first time in your life or the first time in a long time, today is your day to pray and ask God to forgive you to get right with God. I will lead you in that prayer, but it has to come from your heart. But I would like to know who I'm praying for. If that's you this morning that needs to get right with God, would you shoot your hand up real high right now and say, preacher, pray for me. I see your hand, is there anybody else? Shoot your hand up real high and say, preacher, I gotta get right with God today. I see your hand, anybody else? Anybody else? Shoot them up. Okay, good. Let me talk to those that are watching online. Hey, two people this morning raised their hand and said, I'm gonna get right with God today. I'm gonna surrender my life to Jesus. What about you? What about you? I, wherever you are, in your home, in your apartment, in your bedroom, shoot your hand up between you and God and say, I've gotta get right with God today. Listen, if you believe it in your heart, I want you to pray this prayer out loud with me. Say, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I repent and I surrender my life to you. I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So help me, Lord, to discern what you're speaking. Give me ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart that's willing to follow the shepherd. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me and giving me eternal life and calling me your child. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen for the two. And for you at home, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Listen, here's what we're gonna do. I'd like to invite our prayer team down to the front. If you're here this morning and you need prayer for any reason, maybe you didn't raise your hand, you were kind of afraid to raise your hand and you weren't quite sure what was gonna happen. Listen, I understand. Listen, we just wanna pray for you and encourage you. Maybe you're here this morning and there's pain in your body. That's not God's will for you. We're gonna pray for healing. Maybe there's sickness in your body, your family member, a loved one. You just want to pray for somebody. We want to pray with you for that person to so come and get prayer. Maybe it's a financial decision. Hey, maybe it's a peace decision. And this is new to you. And these, these are men and women, whether they're young or old, they know how to hear and discern the will of God <laughs> most of the time. And so maybe you're like, hey, I, I don't know if I should work for Ford or Chevy. Well, come pray. Here's a mature believer that can maybe bear witness with what you're feeling. No, it's not like the the will of God, it's not the Bible, but it's just, it's, it's a test to see if they feel something with you. If you got right with God today, especially if you that are watching online, I want you to text the name Jesus to 817-405-2244. That's gonna send you an auto response form back. Fill out that form and click submit. Because I want one of our pastors to start praying for you and encouraging you in your walk with faith. We've got a Jesus wall over here with hundreds of light bulbs. And every single one of those is a life that has made Jesus Lord of their heart and soul. We wanna screw in a light bulb for you. Amen. Hey, yay light bulbs. Yay God, yay God, yay God. Yay, God, I'm so excited. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I love when light bulbs get screwed in. I love that. Hey, listen, if you're new to our church, we want you to get plugged into our growth track. Next Sunday is growth track one. Josie and I are gonna help teach you about our history, our vision. We wanna get you plugged into our church family. So stop just sitting here, get plugged in, right? We're, we're not a good church for you just to sit. We're a full contact, everybody on the field, 
playing kind of a church. So next Sunday is Growth Track 1. We want you to get plugged in. And if you've not been baptized in water, I want you to fill out on that Connect card. There's a checkbox to get baptized in water. We want to see the old you under the water and the new you come out of the water. So sign up to get baptized in water. If you need prayer, come get prayer. The rest of us, let's worship God. Let's tune in our radio station to what God is saying. Come on.